Hey everybody, Con Artists here. We're back for part two, so you can hear about more shows we're following for the summer. Dan, oh, it's take, true. Dan, take us away. Well, after talking about uh, Vatican Miracle uh, Examiner's last uh, last podcast, the other show that was actually probably second only to um, the show we ended up following for our rolling review, Made in Abyss, which is awesome, by the way. Def totally watch that. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, the one that was right up behind that, a pretty close second, was Princess Principal. Now, this one kind of came out of nowhere. Like, there's no background to it that I'm aware of. There's no, you know, I don't think it's part of any kind of pre-existing franchise. But basically, steampunk spy mystery. That's the best way I can describe it. You've got this group of girls who are either in, like, they're in, like, a high, like, high society boarding school in a steampunk version of totally not England that has somehow split between like most of London and the rest of the country. Uh, they're engaged in kind of like a civil cold war between those two sides. And these girls are used by various factions within the government to spy on the others, uh, capture defectors, uh, secure state secrets, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And the first episode is like packed with, you know, all kinds of crazy action. They've got this, uh, weird mineral that they use basically their you know their ridiculous uh, plot devicium is this thing that allows them to make things float it's an anti-gravity mineral so they've got like flying airships and crazy other stuff and the uh one of the girls uses like a small version of this thing to allow herself to like levitate jump really high walk on walls that kind of crazy so stuff. they can so... all cast graviga is what you're saying well only yeah. her as far as i can tell pick up cars um, throw cars yeah and uh, so they have all kinds of really cool action scenes. Like there's this ridiculous car, uh, car chase and it's, you know, very much this high octane action kind of deal. Everything makes sense. Everything like you can always keep track of what's going on, which I really appreciated um, while still following through with this, you know, over the top uh, action set piece sort of deal. Well, plus there's like, you know, tons of spies and possible like not really double crosses, but like, you know, they infiltrate different organizations. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Right, like the first one has them trying to, uh, you know, s safely get this defector on the other on the other side of the wall that separates the east and west parts of the country, and uh, there, like I said, this huge car chase. One of them is like an expert driver. Another one is a uh, another one is she's this uh, sword user. She's you know definitely like I think she cuts a car in half at one point. It's that kind of ridiculousness. But everyone it is playing it very straight faced, but with this kind of wry self awareness that I really like. Um, so there's a lot to enjoy, especially in the first episode. You know, plays things you know very action heavy in the beginning. Then it sort of slows down, and you get into some of this investigation. Like, is this defector really coming to our side, or is he like is he trying to play double agent here? You learn that this uh, magical like floating mineral has some like almost radioactive like properties and does terrible things to people so they're expand on the world building and the other thing that i appreciate about it is from a visual standpoint it's the most visually consistent anime of that style that i've seen since steam boy it actually while it's definitely more on the fantasy side of the steampunk thing it's at least consistent like all of their mechanical stuff looks reasonably uh functional their outfits so while... it's not clockwork 
planet. Exactly. It's almost it's it's pretty much planet. everything Clockwork Planet wasn't in that respect, while still yeah. being within the same genre. And plus, uh, they show like shots of the background of like you know, Lond- like the city of London, basically, which is one of these factions, and it's really detailed. Looks uh, they may have actually taken period appropriate posters and like put them up on walls and stuff. Yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. You get to see like the the world isn't all like you know for what the time would be high tech and uh, crazy shenanigans. There's also, you know, they also see the poverty and the, uh, you know, the right. people whose backs this entire uh, industrial revolution kind of thing is being built on. So they haven't uh, neglected that. And I appreciated that part. The issue is that in episode two, they really like, first of all, episode two is almost entirely a flashback. They don't tell you this. It's just like, oh, wait, so these two are working together, but they only now just met each other after we established that this group of girls was a team in the first episode. And they're yeah, it's sort of like, how did the team form the episode? Sort of, but again, but it's they episode never, two. They don't really they don't really establish that very clearly at the beginning. And right. it's oh, also no, ex- it's also extremely hard to keep track of, like, who's on whose side, because, again, while they talk about all of these different factions and whatnot we don't really get a big picture thing the best we can piece together it's that most of europe is really like up against uh britain because yeah, britain's Brit- the only one that has magical anti-grav now, technology shouldn't that be kind of fun i mean for a spy thriller you don't really want to know all the answers right well that's the thing we don't need to know all the answers but we do need to know at least at, on the surface who is fighting who it's like it would be like saying it would be like dropping us in the middle of a cold war spy uh, movie but never explaining who like what russia is oh okay it's that i mean kind but of you situation. guys seem to know it's london versus other side they, of they, london. like in the first episode they had kind of like a voiceover which explained kind of what was going on but then essentially like the, the group that directs the girls actions is like a council of five people representing different interests so like the one military, the, the government. The mil- like, and, but we don't, they're not explicitly named. You have to sort of guess, oh, that's probably the military guy. Oh, that one's the I spy see, lady. Who are these other three people? Like, we don't know what their motivations are. We'll just who call them uh, Melchior, Balthazar, Cass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I like that. Done. That's their names now. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But yeah, just it's it's kind of hard to dredge up uh, an understanding of the actual geopolitical landscape beyond these guys are spies and working you know, working for one side in an incredibly multifaceted uh, place. It's just kind of it's currently impossible to tell if the story writers have this really complex world planned out and they're only just showing us a little bit of it and expanding as they go, or if they're just making it up as they go along. I unfortunately see it pos- see it easily going in either direction, and I would be really disappointed if it goes in the making it up as we go along direction because it's a really fascinating. I'm gonna fascinating go with optimism. World. I think they actually do have a pretty good thing, and we're only seeing bits and pieces. But there's enough proper names being thrown around that seem have to have importance behind them that I think they could pull it off. Well, we will see. That uh, definitely we will see. It definitely nails like you know the the Hollywood esque spycraft thing. Like there's you know there's a lot of like you know ridiculously complete disguises like. Uh, signaling each uh, signaling each other in creative ways and all that kind of stuff and it's you know it's popcorn fun but it is fun hmm. okay well yep. i guess we'll we'll end with a question from me because if i leave you two alone you'll history yourselves to the core of the earth so uh, okay. talk about the girls themselves are they compelling characters i know it's only two episodes hmm. but are they interesting because character characters are my thing they're a bit of a mixed bag. Like, I do not like the character they have apparently chosen as their primary character because she's like... Mo- yeah, because she's like yeah. mostly emotionless and her entire thing is this strange, like, 
almost childish need to make up lies and stories as a form of misdirection. And being a spy, that kind of makes sense. But underneath it all is someone who is actually less interesting than the face they put on. Um, the other girls are actually a bit more interesting. They've definitely got a lot more, like I said. So you'll really more... love her underneath it all? Probably not. <laughs> um, but... Uh... The other you girls have like 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 princess who's actually the princess of one country like and she's sort of defected to their side as part of their team so she's kind of fun she's quite brilliant at like intelligent spycraft I guess you've got the clumsy one who is the clumsy one like she's the princess's aide or something so she's not really cut out for spy life but with the she's tiniest doing it anyway. tiniest hands well it's it's kind of got that like uh, K on tiny hand syndrome Ugh. but um, yeah you've ninja got her- girl. Ninja, and, uh, Ninja Girl and the uh, Driver Girl, who's actually driver older girl. than all of the rest of them, but is stuck, you know, pretending to essentially be a um, boarding school, a, like a boarding game. school student. So, you know, that's kind of it's kind of interesting. There's you know some cool team dynamics about like how much can we actually trust each other? Are we really friends? What's the deal with that? Yeah, like um, Princess is probably like knowingly a double agent, and they know it too. So, isn't the yeah. small girl an impersonator? The Say small him? girl, no. Uh, she did impersonate voices incredibly well in episode oh, yeah. one. Like, that may be her deal, but she is otherwise kind of the clumsy one. Pretty much. Sounds good. Well, it, it sounds compelling enough, so let's see who, who wins the uh, the optimism-pessimism coin toss. Yeah. I certainly hope my cynicism is proven wrong in this case, because it's a pretty fun show. Hmm. Good, good. So, Brendan, what you got? What's happening? Um, sadly, I haven't had... Uh... Uh, the wherewithal to watch a lot of the shows that I was uh, had put the first episode of in. Uh, I feel you, man. Uh, one of the more interesting shows that I tested out uh, was Centaur's Worries, which uh, it looks kind of like your your interviews with Monster Girls kind of thing going on, except mm. there are no normal humans to provide a baseline. So, like there are there are bipeds. In addition to you know the centaur character, but uh, and mermaids. Uh, theoretically, there are mermaids. I don't think that we've seen. So everybody one yet. is part animal, yes. or part um, mystical creature, because centaur is not really an animal. So, well, yeah. horses are animals. Yeah, yeah, sure, horses are. Animals. Okay, well then, what's the main character is like a devil? So yeah, just not okay. Human All right, so everybody is some something mystical. Yeah, sure. There's like yeah, like devils, angels, mermaids, centaurs, goat people, etc. Like the whole range. Right. They, um, one of the, like, the most odd thing about the show is that, uh, like, there are hints in the first episode, well, in the second half of the first episode, that they sort of live in this weird, uh, like, hmm, I don't know what the government system I'm, I'm trying to say is, like, socialist utopia, where there's a, there's like, in, enforced, um, like, integration, I guess, or like, yeah. Like, the anti discrimination is, a big thing like uh there was a one of the characters uh, as the characters are are having some sort of uh i don't i don't want to say poorly supervised but lightly supervised uh exercise uh like the the centaur girl and her two like biped friends are attempting to run a long distance and one of them's really not you know keeping up so one of the other one sort of suggests well why don't you have Hime, who is the centaur character, give her a ride. And the response is, I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to do that 
In fact, I'm pretty sure we're not even allowed to be having this conversation. That's like, oh, wow. So up. she's like, like, I am, I like the centaur is like not a, that's using the centaur as a form of transportation, which is like discriminatory. Exactly. Because yeah, in like, other gosh, countries, wow. you know, like, even, even discussing the differences between races can get you arrested. It's sent to a re-education center. Yeah. Right. Like the weirdest part about the whole thing, at least in the, the, the first episode was the part where they were discussing the evolution of huh. um, sex of you know, critters like they all are in theory. Like it was very unclear how the mass, the vast majority of the non-winged characters fit into this. Cause like, it's like there's goat people, there's cat people. Basically they're just like, they've got ears and tails and like they don't seem to have the extra set of limbs like a centaur or a, uh, like a, a demonoid or an angeloid would have. Right. They're, so, they're basically claiming not, everyone has six limbs essentially, but it's hard to see it on cat people exactly. Right, like they did a diagram where they they highlighted the the wings on the back of the, like some of the characters, but then they also highlighted the ears on top of the head of like a a cat person. And like I don't really, I'm not seeing that because you know Hime has horse ears in addition to having you know an additional set of legs. So it's 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 unclear as to whether that's a deliberate uh, aspect a of. Of the government, yeah, fiction, as actually, to, as, to help it, blend everybody together. And as the teacher is explaining this, like, she explains this whole thing and says, hey, whatever, this is how everyone evolved. It's a good thing. We have these programs in place. Uh, and then, like, she turns over to her left and looks out the door, and there's these two, like, government officials sort of watching her and listening to what she's saying. And they sort of give her a nod and write something down and walk away. So, like, even their school is being supervised by this omnipresent government type thing. Holy right. cow. But it's all very lighthearted and they have a school play. Like, it's just sort of this background detail that is everywhere. So I'm going to try to keep up on that and see how the show, like, where it falls as to, uh, how, like, how much of it is devoted to what kind of oddity. Interesting. But you really like it so far? I mean, like I said, I've only seen episode one as of this time. But, uh, okay. Enough to keep watching more. I just haven't gotten around to it. Totally fair. Such is life. Not enough time for anime. I need a bumper sticker that says that. Yeah. I'm sure someone, yeah, that probably exists. If not, million dollar idea. Yes, don't steal my idea, yo. What? Do you oh, watch yeah, the second not. episode of anything soon? Yeah, um, okay. So my next show to to fill the void from Yuri on Ice, um, Aww. So my my show is uh, Welcome to the Ballroom. Um, so this show is a sports anime. Um, sports. Sportal. So uh, this kid, Tatara Fujita, he's... Uh, episode one starts off with him in the office and the one of the teachers being like, hey, you haven't filled out your form for what you're doing with your life. And he's like, uh, yeah, right. I don't really have anything I'm super into or passionate about. or And the teacher's like, wow, that's really pathetic of you. I was thinking of accounting. Yeah, exactly. So he just, <laughs> he doesn't really have anything in life that, that strikes his fancy or whatever. And uh, he sees this other girl in the office who's getting scolded the same way. And he's like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not alone. Other people don't know what they want to do with their lives. And he goes walking around um, 
and gets picked on by some bullies and some dude in a motorcycle shows up and is like hello citizens you shouldn't be bullying this kid like slap and they all run away and uh the guy on the motorcycle is like hey hey i know why you're here it's basically because you wanna you followed that girl here because that girl was walking that way too and he's like and you want to learn to dance don't you and it turns out they're right in front of a dance studio so he uh he walks him in you know and he's like no, no no i'm not actually here for that and he's like don't care takes him in anyway and uh from there it's it's basically just sports sports galore he's taught to uh ballroom dance this is a ballroom dance studio that uh some of the members participate in competitive dance so what he figures out episode one is that that girl he saw in the office she totally has ambition she wants to be a professional competitive dancer so yeah there's a little bit of, of funny stuff in the beginning because the uh the lead guy sengoku i think is his name yeah sengoku he's the cool guy on the motorcycle and he's like don't worry i know that you're nervous right now but dance will fulfill your need to touch a woman and he's like that's not why i'm here so you know, that that kind of doofiness. God, I, can, uh, I can hear the acne when you said that. Yeah, it's just it's very, very entertaining. So anyway, it's uh, I know Zilch in the same way I knew very little about competitive ice skating. I know very little, almost nothing, probably less so because I actually enjoy watching figure skating as part of like the Olympics. I know Zilch about the world of competitive dance competitive ballroom dance. Um, now, one of the things, this may be kind of heinous, uh, this show actually has an edge on Yuri on Ice for me, <gasps> personally. I know, I know. Gosh, heinous. Um, That's it. Here comes the hate mail. I know. It, we're we're going to get shut down, guys. Um, Because of me. At least I'll always have action hero and cheer fruits. Um, anyway, so... One of the things I did admit on cast itself, uh, if you go back to that season when, we, when I was watching that, is uh, Yuri on Ice doesn't teach you jack about ice skating. Right from the get-go, while the guys are ice skating, they'll toss out you know ice skating terminology, and they never teach you what any of that stuff means. Episode 1 of Welcome to the Ballroom walks you through the box step that makes up the waltz. So the guy Sengoku is teaching this kid Tatara to dance box the very first dance and the camera sits at his knee height down and he walks you through the box step like I could watch that and actually follow it if I wanted to to the sweetness and lightning of dance be able to to get through box now episode two doesn't give you the same thing it takes you to a competition and it does that thing where it shows random shots of ballroom dancing and just kind of fades out. Um, but they they go to the dance studio of Arch Rival Guy, who appears in, in episode two. And uh, he's dancing, and his dancing is so intense, they do that thing where his character breaks into sketches. Because mm -hmm. his dance is so intense, the art actually breaks into a sketch. And you're like, holy jeez. Like, I haven't seen that since Noeen, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's wow. dancing this, like, beautiful, like, Latin-style dance, and it just breaks into sketch for a few minutes and then snaps back into the art style. And, like, the intensity of his dance is portrayed beautifully in that moment. It's a really, really beautifully animated show. Uh, it has a little bit of wonkiness in the character designs. They have what I'll refer to as giraffe neck. They have these <laughs> super long necks. And it just looks very awkward. Um, they have elongated necks. It's really weird. 
And uh, besides that, though, it's it's very nicely animated. They the the artists clearly were trying to capture the spirit of dance. And thus far, I am just in, entranced. That's the best word for it. I'm completely entranced in the same way the lead character gets entranced. Uh, so you've, if you even have a passing interest in this show, the makers clearly are interested in the sport. It looks like it might, not that you could learn dance from it, but it cares enough to teach you the sport itself. Um, and all the characters are fun thus far. So it's uh, it seems to be a really good time. I'm I'm very nice. much intrigued. Thus far, it's following all the formulaic stuff that a sports show would follow, but that's not a bad thing. Every character is multidimensional thus far, even arch rival guy. So, so I I do think if you have any interest at all, you should really get with this one. Sounds good. Yeah. It is pretty awesome. Well, then I'll take it from there. The last show will be covering uh, kind of in full. So you guys took all the good ones at this point. So I've got like, like a sort of B team here. And leading the B team is Knights and Magic. Knights spelled for some reason with an apostrophe. And uh, can't, get, can't get any more <laughs> fantasy generic than that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the, the, the premise... Brendan's uh, whole soul just disappeared right there. Hey, there's no time travel yet. He's just flashing back to lances and masks. It's oh, true. There you go. So the, the premise of this one, and get ready for some deep sighing, is that uh, in present-day Japan, there's a guy who's a really big mech otaku and loves to build mech model kits and stuff. And uh-huh. then he dies. But fortunately, okay. his, his anger at being dead and not being able to make more model kits is so intense that he is reincarnated into a world where there are actually mechs. All right, three, two, one. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> oh, unanimous sigh all of our souls are gone now right so uh, please go on and so this world has both knights which are the large like silhouette knight is the name for the large mech things and magic and magic oh so it's also in his original life he was a very good programmer said to be a genius programmer so that's how he made money for all his model kits well in this world magic is a lot like programming in case you didn't see it coming modern magic made simple <laughs> Oh, God. Now Sue's having her own flashback. I'm having, I'm having nightmares. I'll just be here in the corner shaking. Uh, so he's he's basically going to be good at magic, and he has and he's carried over his passion for mechs. Uh, so I guess what separates the show from being complete garbage is how incredibly earnest this character, whose name is Ernesti, is about this. Huh. Uh, like... He's he's about like 12 or something and the show is basically taking place and he's just so unbelievably enthusiastic about mechs that you can't help but be like, yeah, I kind of hope you do achieve your dreams, kid. Uh, it kind of has that like Tenchu Muyo War on Geminar feel where the main character is so unbelievably better than anyone around him that like nothing's really going to be able to touch him. But at least they made it more interesting. Like he basically wants to build his own mech. Like the world he's in mech technology and design basically they settled on one design and haven't innovated ever since and he's like well i got all kinds of cool ideas we're gonna do this and we're gonna have extra weapons on it and figure out how to improve the magic system and like you know he's just a complete genius prodigy at age 12 and it has invented like more technologies in the kingdom in the last 200 years but it's still kind of fun to watch like it's not by any means a good show but if you like mechs uh, or and fantasy stuff like it might work out 
or power fantasies. It's good for that. Yeah, because you want to encourage people to like that. Yeah, sure, right? Everyone wants one of those. Now, is this product placement e? Like, are these real mechs that he builds? Uh, I mean, I would. There's only like one model. I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't try to produce toys of this. But as far as I'm aware, these aren't like existing toys. I, I guess I'd have to go check. Uh, but whatever, fun enough. Like I said, the earnestness is what's uh is is what's keeping me around. The bar is set so high. <laughs> the bar is set so high. All right, so that's pretty much all I'll say about that, unless you guys have questions. Who is watching something that we want to give a brief mention of? Because we don't have much more time. Yep, super short mention to uh, Shokoku no Altair, or oh, Altair, yeah. the record of battles, I think was what it was. Um, I was intrigued by this because, much like what uh, draw, drew me to um, uh, Arslan in uh, previous seasons... The kind of Middle Eastern aesthetic is something that uh, a lot of anime in the past kind of touched on now and then. You saw it in things like El Hazard and elsewhere, and it was just, it was, wasn't uh, omnipresent, but it was still pretty popular. It was cool to see that in action. Um, it's also got a lot of, like, political uh, chicanery going on. It's basically all about not Turkey fighting with not Germany in this sort of, like, protracted Cold War after a hot war uh, a little while ago, and... Lots of cool intrigue, um, some compelling characters, but it feels like it's in a bit of a rush to get wherever it's going, so I worry that we're not going to have enough time to actually dig into those characters before we um, before we start running out of episodes. So I think it may be a little heavy on plot, not very heavy on story. I will agree with this assessment, having seen it. Like, it's decent, but uh, it, it could certainly be better. I still like it so far. Uh, let's see, anyone else have anything? Nope. Well then, uh, I'm actually watching uh, another show. So, uh, actually, very similar to Knights in Magic, in it in a in a broad sense, I guess. This would be Isakaiwa smartphone to Tomoni, which I believe is roughly in another world with my smartphone. Uh, which let me tell you, sounds super dumb. Uh, but the rough idea is God accidentally killed some kid with a thunderbolt, and he's like, "Sorry, kid. Look, uh, I'll make it up for you by reincarnating you in some other world. You can't pick your own world." And I'll also make you, like, pretty strong so you don't get, like, killed instantly. And I will give you an anything, any item of your choice. And he's like, well, can I have my smartphone? Guy's like, you know what? Sure. You can't call anyone back on Earth, but you can get, you can receive one directional message. It's like, basically, you can read Wikipedia on your phone. Like, I'll allow that. Uh, and here you go. You're, you're reincarnated now. And so from that rough premise, he sets off across, I don't know, not Middle Eastern Europe to basically assemble a harem of girls and uh, Man, become the, the greatest. The bar is real low, ain't it, for this season? The bar is kind of low this season for some of these shows. So he is like, he can use every kind of magic that has ever existed and also all the special kinds of magic that almost no one else can use from day uh. one. Uh, and every girl loves him. Uh, so that's kind of where we're going with this one. I'm not sure if I will continue it, but that's the rough premise. Uh, as for other mentions, people... If that's where the bar is, and I'm gonna actually might continue that one, let me tell you, 18 IF and Jikan no Shihaisha are garbage. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Like the word, I'm gonna use one word to describe both of them, and that word is trite. That's Cinefic. all I gotta say. So that's, that's not even Scott's fun garbage. That's like, don't touch these with a 10 foot pole on fire in a biohazard suit. Garbage. Like, just, just uh. don't. 
Well, thank you for that fair warning, and uh, I guess next time we'll see which of these shows we continue with, which ones we shift around, and which ones we decide to totally drop. Indeed. And whether or not we will seduce Dan over to Action Heroin Cheer Fruits. I wouldn't hold your breath. Dan, so good. Come on, come on, Dan. Come on. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. Later. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.